Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Middle call! Hey, hey! What's up, everybody? We are live on YouTube on Monday afternoon for the second time today. This is an emergency YouTube. And uh, if you're listening to this podcast, there was like 40 other minutes that we did on Monday already that's available on Monday's original YouTube. But that's going to be gone from the podcast. This is a brand new podcast. That podcast is never seeding the light of Apple Podcasts, Spotify, distribution sites. It's never Stitcher. Gonna- it's never going to make it even to Stitcher. Well, Stitcher might get it. We might say yeah. I don't think the listening base is big on Stitcher. Stitcher might get it. Yeah. Androids, some Androids might receive it. But uh, the reason we are back live, as you know by now, is because Jimmy Garoppolo is staying with the 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo, I will repeat, is staying with the 49ers in a move announced to me by Middlecoff on, on text. After Schefter reported, or rap sheet, I don't know who was first. I saw, I don't even know. It was still, still a little shocked, to be honest with you. Yeah, we are, uh, get out of here. We are recording this in a state of shock and awe, but um, we're going to put it in context. Before we do that, why don't you celebrate or commiserate with some Tito's Handmade Vodka? We are sponsored by Tito's Handmade Vodka. It is the number one vodka in America, John. It's award-winning left and right. And um, whether you hate it or love it, there's a reason to sip on a Tito's on Monday today. Yeah, I mean, I, you got to wonder how many Kyle's had over the last month thinking about this. If he's going to have Jimmy Garoppolo be the backup for Trey Lance, was it over Was it over Sudfeld and Brock Purdy throws? Was it over cocktails, Tito's and sodas, uh, John Daly's? Was it just random happenstance that this is the way the cookie crumbled? I don't know, but I do know that I might need a couple Tito's now tonight because on the previous podcast that many of you will never hear if you weren't watching on YouTube, we, we maybe this was at the end. We put it 50-50. Jimmy wouldn't die. It wasn't 50-50. It was 100% zero that Jimmy not only wouldn't die, he'd restructure, he'd stay on the 49ers, and now he's the backup quarterback. <laughs> Tito's Handmade Vodka, John, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof crafted to be savored responsibly. I like it with a little ginger beer as well. You could go that direction. And um, no matter what direction you go, remember, uh, consume it responsibly, savor it responsibly, and send us pictures. DM us on Instagram or Twitter, wherever you are, and uh, send us pictures of you enjoying your Tito's. How many Tito's can you buy with uh, 6.5 million? Uh, you can buy a lot because Tito's is perfectly priced. Six point five million dollars is a lot of money. Don't get me wrong; I would gladly take six point five million dollars. But when you've been making twenty five, twenty six, that's pretty big cut. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever gone from two hundred fifty k to sixty k? Like that's a pretty big. Obviously, it's all relative. When you're in the millions, you're sure. still making a lot. But that's the direct deposit. Dramatic different there, guy. If if you were a company who had 
you know, whose sales were in the in the 99th percentile, but they were down 250% from last year's sales, people would get fired. You could be yeah. the biggest company in your niche or niche, right? Let's say six and a half million makes you the biggest company in your niche. But last year you made 24 million and now you're making six and a half, even though you're still number one, heads are going to roll. Uh, but, but guy, I mean, layoffs galore, right? <laughs> layoffs galore. If you're not growing, you're dying. If your contract's yeah. not going up, it's going down. But it was, we thought going to be zero. So ladies and gentlemen, here is the news. Jimmy Garoppolo and the Niners agreed to a restructured one-year contract that will keep him in San Francisco this year. The contract contains a no-trade clause and a no-tag clause. Can't tag assure, uh, Yeah, no tag. That was key. Assuring that Garoppolo will remain in San Francisco this season and have the freedom to move. In 23, Schefter goes on to write, it's a one-year deal worth $6.5 million in base, fully guaranteed. He has another $500,000 in roster bonuses and playing bonuses that can boost it uh, another nearly $9 million. So it's one year, $7 million, up to just shy of $16 million, You know, if he ends up, whatever, playing the whole season with roster bo- playtime bonuses, he could end up um, making that much money. So, so Jimmy's not moving to Martinez. You know? No offense to Martinez. Uh, but you know, I think I think Jimmy's still doing pretty well. Yeah, just do. Remember, Sudfeld's got like two million, so the quarterback room's getting a little more expensive, <laughs> a little more expensive. So you got two million dollar third four stringer. You got Jimmy making six and a half out of nowhere, and you got Trey making about nine or eight. So you got you know when it all adds up, still well short shy of all the forty plus million dollar guys, right? I feel pretty good about their allocation in that group. Yeah, yeah. A little weird how we got here. There's no way around it, guy. The moment I I was just selling my laptop, screwing around, doing a couple things, trying to figure out how to online pay HOA fees, and had Twitter up, flipped it on. I I when I read it, I had to read it again. Actually, I, I saw someone tweet, uh, basically like this can't be real, right? And that's immediately when I th- I think I topped. You know, I'm a Schefter guy, but I did type in rap sheet. <laughs> a spidey sense that that yeah. it was Garoppolo. Yeah. And then I kind of had to do one of those. And, you know, less than probably 30 minutes later, I would say I'm still, in a sports standpoint, still in a pretty big state of shock. Like this is, of all the expectations, I this I don't know if it was really on our radar. It wasn't on mine. You, you know, I, there are detectives that would say to us, if something is in front of your face, don't rule out its possibility. And every day that we went to Niners practice, there was Jimmy Garoppolo. The 49ers released a depth chart when the preseason started. He was fourth on the depth chart. Kyle Shanahan was asked by Tim Kawakami the other day, uh, any chance he stays around? And Kyle gave him the, well, nothing's impossible. That actually felt more like a vote that he would get cut than a vote that he would be back at a reduced salary. Was it a year um, ago he said, well, I, tomorrow we all could be dead? That's right. That's correct. So we've come a long way since that. Um, This Niners and Garoppolo have been working on this since last week, said Schefter, to keep them in the end. This is what made the most sense for both sides. It was always possible that it could play out this way with Garoppolo returning. Now it officially has. It was always possible, but I think the percentages felt lower and lower and lower and lower and lower. They kept telling us they don't like to give away value. They don't like to give away value. They They kept saying all of this stuff. That with hindsight, clearly there were enough signals that 
Maybe we were hoping against it. Maybe we just thought it was so cr- part of it was we just thought it was so cr- we'll get into the tray element of this. We just thought it was so crazy, but I'm pretty stunned. I, I think it's we- unpre- I think it's unprecedented guy. Like, for example, Mason Rudolph, who was always a backup, was forced to start some games. So technically he was like their starter last year or within the last couple of years when Roethlisberger was out. So when they drafted a quarterback, like that guy, like Mason Rudolph is not viewed like you never should have been the starter in the first place. Right. You know, typically when in Jimmy's shoes, I just think of Alex Smith. Once you draft the guy, you just move on from him. Now, I think Andy would say, shit, we would have loved to keep him. He, at the time, you know, he was a valuable commodity. And look, remember the Redskins at the time traded for him and then paid Alex a lot of money, right? Uh, Cam Newton a couple years ago. Different situation from Alex, but same thing. Had been the previous year starter. While he wasn't good, he was a well-established player in the league. They draft Mac Jones. They bring him back. And then Bill just purely goes, I want Mac Jones to be the starter, and I don't want the Cam Newton kind of, because Cam, big personality, everyone liked him, including Mac. I don't want him overshadowing. So I just think in recent memory, especially in the modern day with the money and the power and of the assets of the picks, this just does not happen. And part of it would be on Jimmy's side too. <laughs> you know, it's like Jimmy like was cool with being here the whole time, was cool with throwing on the side when we were going out to practice. And I just kept going, this is so weird, even though it's kind of not weird because everyone's acting normal. You know, Mike Shanahan fucking walked by, hits him on the ass, they bullshit. This whole thing is just bizarre, though maybe to them it doesn't feel that bizarre. But I, I do think they are underestimating how polarizing quarterbacks are just in the sport and what this can become. I, I don't know. I guess they've kind of lived it, but kind of not in well, this How many situation? times has Jed York referenced Joe Montana and Steve Young? Over the, I just over don't the see how that's relatable. It's something that well, happened in 1987. I'm just saying they've, they've brought it up several times, right? The other thing that was kind of a hint today, we didn't know exactly what, but sneaky Chris Sims, John, he's been wrong on the Niners so many times that we ignored him this morning when he tweeted the Niners and Jimmy, it's a win-win for Jimmy to stay. And then while we were doing the first version of today's podcast, it was, you know, we put it up there like, huh, interesting. Dante Winter just tweeted. Could they come to an agreement? Just asking questions, just a guy asking questions. Turns out it's a guy that maybe knew what was up, right? In hindsight, these were real things these people knew what was up they knew and i do think part of this goes back to remember remember the report how many months what's it been a month since uh wait was it somebody on this who came on this podcast and said they've given jimmy the right to seek a trade was it a guest we had it sounds kind of i don't think it was i thought it might have been yeah somebody basically there, there were several reports that said the niners have told jimmy maybe it was breer said it on a podcast maybe that's what it was breer said it like on eisen's show the Niners have given Jimmy free go find a trade. So Don Yee's been looking for a trade. That was like time. a combine, right? Yeah, there was something I thought even like a month or two ago that yeah. was like old news. But yeah, they, it, re- it resurfaced like resurfaced. it was new news. And we'd be like, yeah, this has been on the table for six months. So in part of that, when Don Yee calls up, he doesn't just say, hey, trade partner. He also says, if Jimmy was a free agent, what would you pay him? Would you be interested in him, right? And I think it's pretty telling about what the market it partly it tells us what the market was, partly it tells us Jimmy, because you can't deny for him playing for the 49ers, if something were to happen to Trey Lance this year, 
playing for the 49ers gives him his best chance at setting himself up for another contract than playing for anybody else. One thing looking back, and I thought it was stupid at the time because I, I was like, well, you're dealing with a hurt player. Why are you shocked that he got injured? If Jimmy Garoppolo had never gotten surgery or had just been healthy at the time free agency started, he would not be on the 49ers right now. Right, he would have been traded. I think we all feel pretty comfortable with that because none of no moves have happened. So once we got past the summer and got to training camp, Jimmy's trade value, like the salary cap space was all taken up. Teams have signed like there were like three teams with some space. Most teams weren't even remotely close to Jimmy's number, and the majority of teams in the league are like 10 and under, which makes sense. So the, looking back at the butterfly effect. His surgery led him to this point. <laughs> and the brief second Zach Wilson might have had a serious injury, that was like, oh, but when that didn't happen, and, and I said from the beginning why I thought it was dumb for them waiting was just how unoften guys get injured in training camps now. It's just very rare when they play. Most guys, I saw the Jags the other night had their list of guys not playing in the third preseason game. It was their whole fucking roster. And, and it, the, Kyle is much closer to being like on an island with like three other coaches than the rest of the league. How often do you see on social media, like a game's about to start that you don't even know starting, but you just say like, here's the list of the Steelers inactives. It's like, they're a bad example too. He played a bunch of guys, but the majority of teams, they list like 40 guys and it's always the quarterbacks. So it just, they obviously they were hoping for that, but I still think more than likely they would it, he would have had to restructure his contract to facilitate a trade in August, potentially. Right, the Jets would have been one. Yeah. No one was trading for a twenty five million dollar contract. So if you would have told us he was going to restructure a month ago, would have been like, oh, that makes sense. He would have restructured to go somewhere else. I think restructuring to stay on the 49ers is the guy holding the clipboard is is jaw dropping guy. It's. It's even though, like you said, all the clues pointed this was a possibility. No one fucking believed any of those clues because they weren't believable because this never happens. Here's the other thing. You and I, I just thought of this while you were talking. Like we talked about the scenario where he has a no trade clause. Doesn't mean he can't be traded. It just means he would control if, you know, October 1st rolls around. Let's just say Matt Ryan's hurt out for the year. Colts want a quarterback. And uh, let's say the Colts call the Niners and offer the Niners a fifth. But let's say Trey Lance is – let's say things are going well. Let's say Trey Lance is playing well. Niners are in first place or they're in good position for the wild card. I don't think they'd have an incentive to trade him for a fifth-round pick. No, no, no. Right? They they would only trade him for like a second because there is a legitimate reason to have a good backup around when you have a quarterback. Well, period. There's a good – there's a legitimate reason to have a good backup around, period. Then you add to it, Trey got hurt a couple times last year, the finger, which was not really related to anything, but it happened. Then the leg. So I don't think well, that I was- how many how many NFL teams right now would take Jimmy Garoppolo six and a half million dollar their backup quarterback? 31? Yeah, everyone that could afford him. But yeah, assuming every single team has the space. Every single every one. team in the league. Every single team. Yeah. In fact, if he was somebody else's backup for six and a half million dollars, in some ways it would feel like it makes more sense. Like it puts it's the situation has a history here with Trey. Trey's replacing him, so it feels weirder than if he were say, I don't, I, I, I guess well, you put him on the Texans and Davis Mills. So does, that would make it awkward for Davis too. But does Kyle just keep saying, "Hey guys, uh, young Montana"? Like you guys watch the documentary? Well, he like, hasn't really. So yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. I guess, I guess we'll see on on, a, on the glass half empty. This is 
batshit crazy on the glass half full. The Niners easily have, you could argue, the best contract in the NFL. Jimmy Garoppolo, six and a half million backup quarterback. You could argue that's the best contract in the NFL. The only way he gets more expensive is if he plays. And even if he plays at 16 million, let's say he plays every game, that's still cheap for a starting quarterback. Especially starting quarterback that you know that you can compete and win with. Yeah, you could argue Jimmy Garoppolo six and a half million dollars best contract when you factor in the importance of quarterback. Is that the best contract in the NFL? That's glass half full, but you have to factor in the glass half empty. Is this could turn out to be insanity? It could be. Before we get to that, I'll just make one other point. Um, this is a team that has had its season derailed by quarterback injury before, right? Several times. Several times. Eighteen. So- and 2020, so 20, two of the last five years. Yeah, and with 20, with this particular, with Jimmy, and then last year Trey replaced Jimmy when Jimmy got hurt and Trey got hurt. So in a vacuum, saying it's really important for the Niners to have a good, serviceable, more than serviceable backup quarterback. Well, that's true. That's true. I could even rewind to 18 when they were in a situation somewhat like this, somewhat of an unknown. Jimmy Garoppolo, starting quarterback, tears his ACL. And all they have is CJ and Mullins, which I would say if Trey Lance were to have a similar devastating injury, all they would have would be Sudfeld and Brock Purdy, and that would be an immediate disaster problem. Yeah. Does this make it more likely that Trey Lance carries the ball 18 times week one? That's my question. Yeah, it, this is... <laughs> okay, before we get into the Trey stuff, I do want to give give uh, give some love, some shout-outs. John... Um, Matthew, our guy Matthew, who has named a pizza after us at Pink Onion, gave us 50 bucks on the stream, a tip of a cat. I was wondering about this because he has on his menu at Pink Onion Pizza the Jimmy G. The Jimmy G here, number 19 there, that pizza, crushed tomato, pepperoni, ricotta, Mike's hot honey. He also has number 17 there. That's the ham pod, sausage, pepperoni, sautéed jalapenos. I feel like our pie is better. You can still go get that. Uh, Andy Lou. DM me like two weeks ago. He was at Pink Onion and he said, is this you? And he had a photo of the menu. And I was like, yeah, that's our pizza. That's ham pot yeah. is us. That's a so good the pie. Jimmy G survives. So congrats on great pizza, Matthew. Also, you know, I mean, the spaghetti, the other, the other stuff, the desserts, the, the non pizza, the salad, it's all very good. So a tip of a cap. Thank you, Matt. Um, Donald on the stream asks, does this imply they don't believe in Lance or that Jimmy's market didn't pay out, pan out? Well, we can say definitively that we know that it means Jimmy's market didn't pan out. That's a but, fact. But the question that he raises, Donald raises, is also a question everyone will be asking. Is this also reflective of the way they feel about Trey Lance? Does it mean they have reservations about Trey? Well, whenever Kyle and John have to talk, and I would guess it's either tomorrow or the next day, they will be talking in the near future. They are going to shoot that down immediately, Right. That'll be one of the first questions they get, and I, you and I verbatim could write out their answer. They are going to adamantly deny this has any reflection of their faith, belief, or what they've seen in their young quarterback from the North Dakota State Bisons. Right? Is that a, is that a one hundred percent lock? It is. They're going to. Yep, that's coming. Now, I judge you on your actions, not your words, when it comes to coaches, and I would argue in life but definitely with football coaches because they often say one thing and do another. I would say that they would have to be on the table because you'd go, well, of course you want the best backup quarterbacks. Well, part of it also is it's, 
the history of the NFL is just putting your chips in the middle of the table on Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, and just going with it. And he goes, well, what if they can stay healthy? Well, that's part of the sport, right? You go all in on Peyton Manning, Tom Brady. Like if they ever got hurt, those teams are screwed. We once saw it with a Peyton Manning team, led them to Andrew Luck. It's just it's the shittiest part about the sport. You, you got no backup plan usually. And they might just say this is just a very unique opportunity. But I would say it has to have some reflection. If you thought this kid was going to be everything that you would trade anytime you trade your pick, which is the 12th pick, and two other ones, and I think a three, your expectation for that player is to be a, an elite player, right? Maybe not the number one on the top 100, but potentially have the ability to crack the top 20 some year, right? I mean, your expectation. And I would say this year, so far, it's it's been a little bit of a roller coaster of like, I, I understand where if the, I was them sitting objectively, even though they're not objective, they're so close, but you have to balance being the GM or the head coach and also being able to take a step back that you would be, I wouldn't bet my my family's lives <laughs> on this player. I like him. I'm, I'm, I, I'm excited to see where we're going, but as, as we're sitting here on August 29, 2022, which Ray Lance reservation would probably be the wrong word, but I, I would say that they, they could not feel 100% confident. This is going to be a rocket ship. If you put a safety net under a tightrope, then you know that you might use the safety net. Doesn't mean you will fall, but the safety net is there. And Jimmy Garoppolo's presence is the safety net, right? It doesn't. Now they might argue this is just too good a value on the chance that Trey Lance gets hurt. Because what they've been doing this whole time with Jimmy is banking on somebody to get hurt, banking on somebody else's quarterback to get hurt. And now they're protecting themselves against their quarterback getting hurt. And they tell you these two guys know each other and are already friends, right? They already I, I, have a relationship. Yes. I mean, they did look, they could have made Jimmy the backup the whole time, right? They could have afforded to do that, to have just said, Jimmy Garoppolo is our backup. Trey Lance is now our starter. We're not trying to trade Jimmy Garoppolo. We believe in Trey Lance. And, uh, but despite it, we want some insurance and Jimmy, Jimmy's going to be his back. You're, you're saying to pay him the $25 million or Yeah, whatever? they could have done that, right? It, that's crazy. We wouldn't have supported that, but they could have done it. And I think that would have definitely been an action that showed a little less belief in Trey than what they did. What they did was they said, Trey's our starter. We'll go with Purdy or Sudfeld. And we are actively – Jimmy is looking for trades. We're looking for trades. We've got a certain we, – we hired some headhunters. They're looking for trades. Um, you know, indeed.com slash ham, submit your trade offers. You know who's the most rattled by this news? Sudfeld or Purdy. Both those two guys right now are like, am I not making the 53 man roster? One of them isn't. Both of them. And at this point, why would either of them make actually neither one of them is making the 53? Sudfeld because of money and maybe Brock because they like him. But yeah, I mean, why you can't get three quarterbacks if one of them's Jimmy for a I I don't know, man. I don't you're expecting them both to get cut. Well, maybe I shouldn't. Maybe one of them you keep around. But those two guys' lives got rattled right now. Did you get them both on practice squad and have them just face off every week in some epic practice squad battles? One of them's not going to be around. They did draft Purdy would be my only thing. Not that that matters, but. All right. Well, maybe maybe another one of them is around. I do think you're, while I agree with your action, you know, judge on action, their, their action for the last several months was Jimmy is off on the side. He is not a part of this team, really. And we are doing everything we can for Trey Lance to be our quarterback. 
but they kept him around. Like their their yeah. action was enough where it wasn't like I, I think a lot of teams, even in that situation, would have said you do this somewhere else. Yeah, allowing him on the field. Again, I've said this over and over is the most normal because it didn't feel that weird, but ultimately for the league, the most normal crazy thing I've ever witnessed on an NFL field. But it happened every day, so you kind of became numb to it. It was not normal, guy. I agree, but this is two sides of the fence, right? Because on one hand, what you just described is true. They kept him around in the building, working out. On the other hand, he went to no practice. uh, He went to no meetings, got no practice reps, was not around with the team when it came to it. Brian Greasy's never met him. I mean, maybe met him, but hasn't really coached him. I had scouts on the Niners telling me they just had lunch. Like, Jimmy's just having lunch in the cafeteria. So those (laughs) actions told us they were really not doing anything with any intention of him being on the team. Right, that they well, did they, believe they gave him the option. Remember, he was allowed to come to quarterback meetings and stuff if he wanted to. He said no, which I don't totally blame him. Like in his mind, you guys are going to get rid of me either through trade or release. You know, this is the beginning of training camp. I'll just do my side thing, but I'm not going to come to the meetings. Now, granted, he already knows the offense, so they're just reinstalling everything. But you could say the same thing about George Kittle, Trent Williams, and Kyle Uzcheck. Right, they still got to go to the meetings. Now, you don't get paid in football, right? It's not like Jimmy's salary. It's not like they had been paying him a premium that period of time. So it's like, let's just wait to see if something happens. It's it's pretty crazy that it speaks to Kyle and John that they kept a relationship cordial. Maybe it's like Belichick wouldn't have this in the bag. They they handled the Debo thing, too, although that's very – this is a pretty insane, to your point situation Debo that thing happens in every in half the teams around the league every year yeah um so I, I mean they let me paint you a scenario what nothing no I thought you saw this one uh, no. been listening for years guy's voice doesn't match his face um let me paint you a scenario the who drafted a quarterback really high this year just the Steelers were the only first-round pick. Okay, it's a weird one. But let's say Jimmy was the Steelers quarterback last year. They draft Kenny Pickett. They just cut Jimmy. Jimmy's now just available to the league, and his price is $6.5 million to be the backup. Meanwhile, the Niners drafted Trey Lance last year, and Trey Lance was just their quarterback last year. And they want, But he got hurt a couple of times, which happened. They want a backup. They signed Jimmy Garoppolo for $6.5 million. Way less weird. So why? Why? I mean, you're right. Because that's normal NFL protocol. You don't know each other. You bring in backups. You do it. It happens all over the league, even with Mahomes and Brady. It is much weirder when the incumbent gets replaced by a draft pick, but he carries out the one year while that guy figures it out, which historically happens before we were born. And, well, the majority of the time in our life till recently when you draft a quarterback and you just let him be the starter – and then that guy starts his first year, and then he gets replaced, and everyone acknowledges like the young guy's coming, he's getting replaced, and then the other guy just stays. Right. I think Carson Palmer did it with John Kitna. I'm pretty sure John Kitna went on to another team the following year once Carson comes in. Like that's yeah. just that's just the the way the sport works. You know? So yeah. So what you just said was the difference is the the pre existing relationships because the position. Part of it, a big part of it, is being you are the team leader. There's no co. There, there might be some co-captains, and two of them are, you know, one of them's a linebacker. Maybe you got two linebackers. Maybe you got 
Eric Armstead and Nick Bosa are co-captains. There are no co-captains at quarterback. There's just the quarterback. Well, that's Harbaugh, and that's right? You're only allowed to play one guy. <laughs> split the baby. And that's what makes this situation different, is Jimmy was one of the leaders, and then Trey became one of the leaders. So does it make it weird in the locker room? Does it make it weird with his team? Is this fair to Trey Lance? Or is this unfair to Trey Lance? Or is there such a thing as fair or unfair when it comes to competition? Well, there is nothing, I would say, in life that is truly, quote-unquote, fair. Life is not fair. But in football, and when you build a roster, you can rig it, right? It's like, in life, most of our situations, you can't rig. In football, I can rig who's on my team. Like, you're going to see over the next, we're recording this now, Monday afternoon, so less than 24 hours. Guys are going to get cut left and right all over the place. And a lot of them will be names you've never heard of unless you knew that guy in college. But a lot, some of them will be veteran players, different places. Patrick Laird. It'll be like Kenny Galladay, or I'm just picking a veteran player. And that La- mindset, Laquan Treadwell got cut. And that mindset of that team or that coach would be like, well, we had a rookie corner or a rookie wide receiver that we're going to start. And we're not going to have this guy be a locker room lawyer or whatever. Now, that would already be the pushback on Jimmy. He's not a locker room lawyer. He's not built like that. And I think Kyle might even say he's been a backup before in his life. And I'd say, yeah, <laughs> uh, he did back up. I don't know. The fucking one of the greatest players in the history of sports. <laughs> so <laughs> a lot of people backed up Tom. It was a normal position. Why? Because Tom started for 20 plus years. He's Tom fucking Brady. So, yeah, he's been a backup, but pretty unique backup spot. Uh, now, I think back to that, he doesn't know how to be a backup, and he's been in that position. But I, I don't know. I, what, what gets to me, and we talked about this on the podcast, I think we're burning, is that we have seen so many different times just throughout the league that when you're the backup quarterback – and a guy is struggling, whether it's Zach Wilson, a, a new rookie, or whether it's an established guy, and the backup is intriguing for whatever reason. That fan base wants it, and and I brought up the situation because it's kind of famous and in, in like embarrassing 49er lore of when they chanted for David Carr and Alex was on the team with Singletary. But Singletary this, had him warm up. This situation is much different, but... If Jimmy has, I, I think right before we hopped on, I saw Kawakami's like, we are a couple three and outs just in certain situations with Jimmy standing there. This team, because it gets back to, we had talked about the pressure on Trey Lance's, I think we're erasing this from the podcast as well, that everywhere you looked on, you know, PFF, NFL.com, every site, Trey Lance is getting the picture of Trey fucking yeah. Lance. Now, go go watch that, the old YouTube from Monday to watch that segment. I did wonder if is that an algorithm? You know, I don't think you're so. based on the, yeah, I don't, I don't think, think so. so either. But I I just think that Good question though. I wonder if it could be. This could situation, be. the pressure that it adds to them, even if they're buddies, and even if Jimmy's really cool, by all accounts, he is. Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year. You get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high-quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, 
pork raised, crate free, and wild caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. ButcherBox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at game time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called game time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. How about the stuff from us? How about the stuff from the fans? Now, Bill Polian's always said, and I think these guys subscribe to that. If you listen to the fans, you'll be sitting with them. But they're going to get loud in this situation if it were to get weird, which we already thought there are going to be some weird moments for a young kid. So I, I, I think this is the biggest risk by a mile they have taken probably since they drafted Reuben Foster. And looking back at the Reuben Foster situation, they didn't have much to lose because they were already losing a ton of games. You know, and that and look back the way that all played out. That was a risky situation. It blew up in their face. They haven't really made that many risky propositions. DeForest was, and it didn't age that well until a little last year that they were able to win some games. He started kicking ass. He was team captain. It was like a that was a bad situation. But that was an under that was a situation that we've seen before, right? Team trade a guy, soup gonna get paid to do some other things. They got a first round pick. It was justifiable this situation is justifiable in a vacuum in a vacuum i get jimmy for 6.5 but how about when you get out of the vacuum and you factor in personal dynamics a young quarterback who's not coming from alabama or ohio state is coming from north dakota state just first year really in the big leagues as the starter the more and more i, I think it is very fucking risky i you won't convince me otherwise i don't care how great and high, how high character and first year quarterback coach that's pretty crazy, too. I mean, this is not a guy who's been – I know he's played in the league, and his dad was a quarterback in the league, but like this guy's seen a million things as a quarterback coach. Well, Jimmy's co-quarterback coach now is backup quarterback, right? Isn't that part of the backup deal? These guys – You agree? Uh, Are you with me? This is this is one of the riskier things they've done? Yeah, uh, yes. I think trading for Trey was pretty risky. 
Uh, also, right? I mean, it's that, and we don't know yet if that risk is paid off or not. So you're just doubling down on risk. That was risky. For that sure. was risky. Um, I think one thing we've seen consistently, and this I think puts pressure on Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. Right? This is a situation that if if Trey Lance doesn't develop, that maybe it's Jed's idea. Well, maybe it's Jed's idea. He said whatever those guys want to do. He was ready to pay twenty four million for Jimmy. Um, but this puts pressure on them, and obviously it puts pressure on Trey. It puts pressure on Jimmy, kind of, although I've already seen Jimmy. I don't think, and this is where a lot of their risk and like the Debo, their dedication to just sticking it sticking it out with Debo, and we've talked about this, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan now have a track record of betting on their ability to manage people to help them in situations that look like they could be awkward. They've repeatedly done it, and the situation with Ruben was that. They were betting on their ability to manage and create an environment for Ruben. They did it again with uh, with when they traded up for Trey. They did it with Debo, obviously. They did it when they traded DeForest because he was a team leader, and they bet that they had the other people. So they are making – if I were to defend him here, I'd say they're making a pretty educated uh, – they're making an educated risk Fair. based on their knowledge of Trey, based on their knowledge of Jimmy. Jimmy Garoppolo has given us no reason to believe that he'll be a disruption. To your point, you you recommended he become a disruption like a month ago and get himself traded. He didn't do it. So there are a but lot I'm of putting, I'm putting it more on the outside stuff than on. The, I don't I think it's Jimmy the outside to be weird. stuff. I also think it's just the natural, the nature of a professional locker room. That is as much as people have relationships, they want to win. And the risk you run is that they end up in a situation where they're not winning. And there are people that want them to go to Jimmy, right? Like what if there are people in the lock? What if Debo thinks that Jimmy's a better quarterback than Trey Lance is right now? If that were if that were the case, well, I use this to, to laugh. But what you just said, Kittle is one of their more famous and better players. And if, if the quarterbacks were a stock, he moved all of his asset allocation from one guy to another, pretty aggressively, and rightfully so. And no one even blamed him. Like Kittle just pivoted. It's kind of a weird spot for him, wouldn't you say? Like I, I don't. I thought that was funny, but it was. Yeah, I mean, everyone pivoted. That was part. That's when we go back to what their actions were. Their actions were everybody pivoted to Trey. Quarterback, co- coaches, players. Yeah, fans. I will. Di- I want to disagree with what you said, Kawakami said earlier about like a few bad plays. The fan, the external, the fans. Like we saw Jimmy play, right? He's not repl- Trey is not replacing a guy that was without. But you, but you forget. But you forget. Maybe the backup quarterback, the most popular guy, that whole thing. Yeah, that's true. But I do think there are just things, fundamental things, that even when Trey isn't doing some of the stuff that Jimmy did in terms of reading defenses right away, there are just parts of his game that he has that Jimmy just fundamentally doesn't have. The, the athleticism, the arm, the physicality. So, uh, you know, in the in the now-burned podcast we talked about, this year wins is just a QB stat for Trey Lance as long as they're winning. Is there a world where they're winning, but he's not great? Like, to me, it changes that a little bit. Is there a world where they're winning, but he's not great, and they just need a little more? Maybe. Again, it's not about what you or I say or what the media says or what the fans say. Last year, Kyle Shanahan stuck with Jimmy Garoppolo when it wasn't going good and later admitted he was probably a game or two away from making the switch to Trey. So has he, in a year, replaced Trey – or replace Jimmy 
with Trey in that mindset. Like it's going to take a lot for me to change guys. I think it is. I think it's going to take a lot for him to change because he also is very invested. He went all in on Trey two years ago in the draft. So he wants that thing to work. True, but it, it, he does. But as long as he keeps winning, like he, he is, and I, I say this a lot about coaches, he, Kyle Shanahan is obsessed with 2022 right now, as he should be, as yeah. all the other 32 coaches, coordinators, position coaches around the league. They're trying to win September 11th, right? Or if you're four other teams, either the Monday night or Thursday night, all you care about is that game. And then the next, the next, Kyle Shanahan is obsessed with winning double-digit games and trying to win the division, getting a home playoff game. He'll worry about 23 when 23 comes, right? Yeah, especially in the that. season, you're not – it's not like you're doing drafts and free agency stuff. He will do – he ain't trying to lose. Like, we've we've seen the good and the bad with him, and when it's going bad, he looks like he's ready to jump off a bridge. And he, when it's going good, he's not like he's, – he's closer to Belichick in terms of emotion. You can tell he's excited to win, but he's – beside the playoff games, Kyle's not a big, like – He's he leans negative, <laughs> and that position's his baby because the offense is his baby, and that position is the point guard of his offense. So I, I this has added an element to Trey's start of his career that I, I think we had just not even acknowledged as a possibility. Yeah. I, I think part of back to the Jed, the Steve Young thing, and I, I wonder if he kept saying it because like it was clearly on the table. It was so far-fetched that no one took it seriously and let's face it most people when they read that if they didn't like have a buddy to make fun inside they made fun of jed for that comment like that's so fucking stupid like what are we talking about you can't even though it came true and i do believe in jed's mind because i think they've been talking about it and maybe they've inspired by the peacock documentary or reading steve's book they think it's possible well they had they knew what the market was dictating right like they've known for a while whether anybody was interested in what kind of money jimmy was getting offered well, of course, but the fans by about two weeks ago knew like there was no trading market and no one's trading for them. Yeah, right? I'm just saying they've it's been, probably been on their mind for a long time because they started investigating what Jimmy's contract was. Yeah, no TAs a long time ago. Yeah, but, so I, much- but I, wouldn't you say it was kind of universally accepted by the time training camp started? Like this is I don't know where he's going to go, <laughs> right? Oh yeah, you could, yeah. You could ask the average fan. They're like, yeah, the Niners gonna have to cut him. Right. Like it, was, it was it was one of those things hard. that like if you follow the NFL, I would say since about August first, like yeah, Jimmy's probably getting cut. Is this up there with um, uh, Will? Remember when Wilmer Flores got traded and then got untraded and cried and then hit a game-winning home run for the Mets? Jimmy did a farewell. A lot of people in the chat are reminding us that Jimmy did a farewell press conference. <laughs> he did a farewell press conference, but then he didn't go anywhere and he kept he kept throwing. I, I think once he started throwing for the 49ers during training camp practices on the side. That like uh, would be Nolan Void. That press conference was a little less like. Oh, y- you couldn't keep bringing it. The up. Niners had a farewell press conference from their quarterback and an alleged trade demand from their best receiver, and both guys are on the team. I think John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan kind of had a farewell. They definitely well. had a farewell. <laughs> they 100 had a farewell. This they is. I, I think part of the thing that's so crazy why everyone's kind of laughing is like everyone had moved on from Jimmy. The coaches, Jimmy, the other players, the fans. Everyone on the internet, all the other teams are like, should we be interested in this guy? Like everyone over eight months, we're all on the same page. Every single person, except Kyle, John, Jimmy, and looks like Jed. <laughs> they never threw out hope when all of us, I mean, guy gave up hope in February. 
They, most people, I'd say, probably around the draft. Some people, OTAs, once Trey became the starter, and then a lot during training camp. Like, this thing's over. And every single one was wrong, except the three or four of those guys. Even Don Yee was probably like, I got to get him out of there. He's like, Jimmy just won't listen to me. Like, is this what Don Yee wanted? It feels like this is what Jimmy wanted, what Kyle wanted. John's kind of cool with it. I would imagine things are a little risky. And Jed just wants to be like, have his Steve Young, Joe Montana moment. It feels like Jimmy's cool with this. Kyle obviously wants it. I bet John, John has to think it's a little risky. And Jed loves that it's Steve Young and Joe Montana. He can just fucking never stop talking about that. <laughs> uh, John on the stream asked, what if they make, what if the players vote Jimmy a team captain? Then that's where you rig it and you would not acknowledge that it happened. It'd be a very right? big red flag, yes. W- would you, if you were Kyle, not tell anybody? Just count the votes yourself? Well, like if everyone puts on the piece of paper, right, mm-hmm. turns it in, you would just pretend that he never got voted team captain, never bring it up. And you would not tell anyone else. Like if you're Kyle, you add that up yourself, you you ex-nay it, and you only announce the other captains. Uh, on the stream, here's here's a, a statement, which I think I, I would bet a lot of people fall in this category. All I care about is does this make the team better or worse? And so that goes back to the conversation about Trey. Does this make – because I think you could argue, and I wonder if John Lynch will say this or Kyle will say this. Hey, Jimmy's a great resource. Jimmy is more valuable as a backup quarterback to Trey. He won't say he's more valuable than Purdy or uh, uh, Sudfeld. But there is a world, he would argue, where Jimmy's an extremely valuable asset to Trey Lance. And having him essentially as an assistant quarterback is going to be very valuable. I would imagine one of them will say that. Like, we expect that from Jimmy Garoppolo. So the question is, does does Trey get that from him? And if so, does that outweigh – Whatever he has to deal with in the locker room, whatever he has to deal with, you know, with his teammates, the public pressure, all that kind of stuff. It I only makes mo- him better for sure if Trey gets hurt. I think most fans acknowledge because I think with most positions, like this guy help us, let's get him. The quarterback position's a little different. <laughs> a lot of moving parts, right? <laughs> like I agree, the yeah. resource thing, yeah, but like yeah. the resource, like is Trey gonna feel cool with just going to him now in this spot? Is it hard to go from like the little brother to now I'm the big brother. Like it's I'm the captain now. <laughs> Is Trey Lance going to be a captain? I don't know. It's just has to be. Yeah. If you're Kyle, you also rig that. He has to be. I think I remember Russillo did a thing. Like he looked up, you know, on average 29 of the 32 quarterbacks were captains. <laughs> Obviously they're not. 29 sweet cap. It's just like an automatic position for the most part. And, and part of it is like a couple teams do not, they have like game day captains. Like it's, if you have legit captains, your quarterback is basically the captain on every single team. If not, you might as well just not play because your team's going to suck. Uh, who was the guy from Michigan State who wasn't the captain that the Raiders drafted? Uh, Cook, Connor Cook. Yeah, Connor Cook. Remember Draymond that year, the Michigan State had like 10 players drafted, congratulated every single one on Twitter, nothing about him. That's right. <laughs> and this is before Draymond was Draymond. This is like 2014. He was just like a fan because he played in the spring league, so he knew them all. He must have hated that guy. That's right. He did play in their <laughs> spring game. On the stream, uh, pull up Chris Mortensen's recent tweets. Okay, here's what more tweeted. If Trey Lance isn't ready, the 49ers can't worry about saving face if he doesn't progress early in season. You do the right thing for the team that just fell short of the Super Bowl. If Lance does emerge, then Jimmy G has secured his freedom for 23. Garoppolo would have interest if released, but his best chance for success at this stage is right where he's at. 
The only thing that matters, as three sources close to the 49ers said this weekend, is to give the team the best chance to win. Jimmy G insurance makes sense. What if Trey just stinks and Jimmy G's a quarterback for like the next seven seasons? Of the 49ers? And everyone's like, remember, remember that time we tried to replace him? <laughs> you know, like we're giving, like everyone, you want Jimmy gone now, but in hindsight, the David Carr warmed up and the crowd chanted for him story is a story. It's one of the many stories we tell about as a testament to Alex Smith being a high level guy, a competitor, a team first guy, just all the shit, right? There's all these out now, obviously his injury is the number one Alex story that we tell, but that has become a story of lore for Alex. What if in seven years, like, Oh, Jimmy, man, they tried to replace him. They cut his salary. He said, I'll work for nothing. I'll show everybody. Two Super Bowl MVPs later, Jimmy Garoppolo is known as one of the greats. It, it would be, this is already the craziest story. That'd be the craziest thing I'd ever experienced in sports. And I've followed sports like you for, you know, we're in our mid to late 30s for going on strong 30 plus years like that I remember. And I this, is, this again, feels pretty unprecedented. In the 90s, the 2000s, the 2010s, or the 2020s, this is pretty bizarre. I think we all agree with that, right? But it's bizarre, but it's also like, yeah, I can see it working. But I I could, also- I, and I could. I, I could see it working. And working just means it doesn't hurt Trey's season. Yeah. It does add an element of like <laughs> things get well, weird. I think, see, I think all our hypotheticals are what happens if things get weird. But here's the most likely hypothetical. Trey Lance gets hurt. Maybe he's playing well. Maybe he's not. I don't know. But he gets hurt. He misses two games. Jimmy comes in, wins two games. That's not a hypothetical, what do you do next, right? That's not like some – that is – then Kyle Shanahan has a decision to make. What does he do? Let's say they were 4-2 and two with Trey or 3-3 three and three and 2-0 and oh with Jimmy. I don't know. But that's a real situation. Like that is you – ha- you have to then make a decision in that spot. And when it's normally – is, it, is it worth yourself being in that position than just avoiding it altogether? Well, it is if it- your backups would have gone 0-2. Which they might have. So you'd rather go 2-0 and and have to deal with that situation than going 0-2 and, and not just going back to Trey? So you'd rather go 4-2, and but it been a little weird, and it felt like it was more of the team. Then he gets injured. Then Jimmy comes, wins two, looks better. So now you're 6-2, and two, but you're like, God, would we be better with Jimmy? Then potentially going, let's say, 1-1, one and because one, Kyle could outcoach, and now being 5-3 and three and just knowing you're going back to Trey. That, to me, is the type of situations that this opens yourself up to, the craziness. Because that yeah. would immediately be one. That would be the biggest story of the week. Do you right? agree that's the most real scenario? Yeah. I think it's more real that that happens than that than that. Kyle just goes, you know what? I'm replacing Trey. I don't love what I've seen. That would be one of the biggest stories of the year, right? What does Kyle do? And that's unavoidable. Like Kyle can avoid it as long as he doesn't replace Trey with Jimmy. But the second Trey gets hurt, there's no avoiding it. It's here. But they would argue, yes, that's why we did it. This we did it for this reason. We would rather be in an awkward situation with a with a chance to make the playoffs than not be in an awkward situation with no chance. How many teams in the league would have done this? Every single one? If if granted the opportunity, the guy's cool with staying for this price. Okay. I, uh the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes. Alex Smith says, I'd rather stay here for six and a half million dollars than go play for the football team. Do they do it? Yeah, but Alex had accomplished less than Jimmy. He just had never won in the playoffs. His, you don't think his stock was higher at that time than Jimmy's was? It was, but I'm saying he had accomplished less in terms of like been a part of winning teams in January. Like Jimmy, just be like, I've been a starter for four playoff victories. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> even though it feels like he hasn't done that much, but that's just a fact. That's true. 
Yeah. I do think Alex probably a little less polarized. I guess there are probably some similarities there. I mean, the Niners would sell their left nut for Jimmy to be like, or I mean, Trey to be 60% of Mahomes, right? <laughs> I mean, that's the problem with that analogy is you're talking about a guy that's his career ended yesterday. He's like 26, already a Hall of Famer, right? I, I think part of it is like, and we talked about this on the episode that got deleted, is like, no one has any clue if Trey is like legitimately good when it matters against good teams. And that's to make the playoffs like you got to compete against good teams. And say what you want about Jimmy. He's a roller coaster ride. I do know he can just play against good teams. Yeah, but I also know he can not. He can play poorly. Well, yeah, I, I just mean like I can win a game with Jimmy Garoppolo as my quarterback against a good yes. team. Like I know that I could over the last several years when he's been healthy go into Denver week three if they're 2-0 and and we're 2-0 and win the game. Now we could easily lose and Jimmy could throw some picks. Trey could have five picks in that game. Might not be able to communicate, you know, which is understandable. That happens to a lot of young players. It might happen to Tom Brady at 22, right? That's not even that weird. But when you have Jimmy as your backup, no one has any time for like, does Trey know what's going on out there? That's like, what, what the fuck are we doing? Sunday night, we're sitting on our couch, eating a chicken sandwich, like down seven, nothing, and Trey's overwhelmed. Like no one wants to watch that. You're cool with it when you got a young team and you're just building like, we'll figure this out. With this Niner team, not a fucking soul wants to see that experience. Nobody does. And neither does the head guy. Because he'll jump, Jimmy? <laughs> he might. Let's answer some questions on the stream since the stream is pumping along. Jay Dusk asks, how happy is Greg Papa? He will be beaming. Happiest day of his life since like, yeah, happiest day of his life. Probably. I was going to say Sorry, Derek. But... <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm Elliot asks, is this good for ham business? Well, it's yeah, our he... second pot of the day, so I'd say yes. <laughs> Not bad. Swan Song says Trey Lance gets hurt. Jimmy comes in and loses two games. Then what? Then you go to Purdy. Tony says uh, it's pretty simple. The Niners don't believe in Trey. If you do, you don't keep Jimmy with a no trade and no tag. Well, Jimmy's not a taggable player. I would say. And, and Jimmy, I don't see. I don't think that's. I think the reason you have the no trade is because Jimmy insists on the no trade, and then you both agree. If there's a trade up, we're not going to send you to maybe Jimmy D would rather be their backup than get set to the Texans. If Davis Mills gets hurt, but if Matt Ryan gets hurt or if Kirk cousins gets hurt, now you've got a thing where everyone will agree. It's better for him. Cause to Jimmy's doing them a big favor by taking his contract at six and a half. So you have to give him something like yeah. I, I can't just become one of the most tradable players in the NFL. You trade me to anywhere. I, I, I think the, the no trade clause is not weird at all once he accepts uh I mean cut his salary by four. Yeah. By three, three and a half. I think the, the scenario that could get weird for them behind the scenes, just with Jimmy in the front office, is Matt Ryan gets hurt. He's out for the year. Jimmy wants to go to the Colts, but the Colts are only offering a fourth round pick. And the Niners are going, We're not gonna take a fourth. We got you for six and a half million dollars to be our insurance policy. And Jimmy says, No, send me to Indianapolis. I want to be a Colt. Then, I, feel, you know, I would say, though, the Jimmy we've just experienced, is he really even like that? No, he might rather just be their backup. <laughs> but that would be the potential scenario, yeah. right? Where they're like, where then the Niners say, Jimmy wants to come there, guys, but got to tell you, we could let him walk after the season. We'll get a third. So you that's the one thing, right? They have no incentive to trade him for anything less than a, a third-round pick, anything yeah. better than a third, since they'll get free agent compensation when he leaves. It's true. Especially if someone if someone just signed him for like a one-year $20 million bridge. So right. you got to give him a second round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo. 
Well, the highest comp you can get is usually a third round. I would say third round would be the starting number. Because I guess that would be better than a comp pick. If you're the Giants next year, right, even let's say you get to draft one of these guys, you could see them wanting to bring in Jimmy Garoppolo and maybe give him $22 million one-year starter in that boom. He just does the thing he did with the Niners. He comes in, yeah, the same thing all over again. He just gets a little more money back. And gets money back, yeah. Or the Niners extend him after the year. This is the best case, though, guy. I've been saying what would be Jimmy's best role to be his free agent year in 2023 would be to take a sabbatical. This, If Trey plays the whole year and he's good, this is equivalent to sabbatical, but Jimmy still not. He's a great teammate, great backup. It's like even ups his stock. Jimmy's going to become more. It's like this guy is just too good of a guy. <laughs> you know, Nobody, because what we keep saying is no one would do this except Jimmy. Is it so? Is he such a good guy that it's almost a red flag? <laughs> <laughs> Too much of a team guy, not selfish. Uh, like there are teams that I think, like right now, I don't think it makes sense for the Giants to bring in Jimmy Garoppolo, and it doesn't make sense for the for Jimmy to go to the Giants. Right? They want to they want to be bad, get a good pick. They'll just roll with Daniel Jones. But there's a world to me where next year rolls around, they weren't bad enough to get C.J. Stroud. They weren't bad enough to get Bryce Young. They draft like sixth. Yeah, they and they get some good like and now and but Brian Dable did some nice things with Daniel. Uh you freeze. I didn't freeze. I'm just trying to remember the quarterback's last name. Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones, thank you. I but I pretended to freeze to see if you would say it. I was like my just to freak you out. And uh you know, and then it makes sense for him to be a giant. I don't know. That type of situation. Done a lot of podcasting today. You changed since our last podcast, which was well, it got it got cold. And then my my blue Tito's hat just doesn't go with the black sweatshirt. I only have one sweatshirt with me because this is 108 degrees. You don't need to bring it. But when you pump the AC, you get freezing cold. Uh, here's a great point. Brandon on the stream says, John's scenario where he takes a sabbatical guarantees almost that he goes into the offseason healthy. What a wild roller coaster ride. <laughs> Truly is. Yep. It really is what makes sports the ultimate reality show is you, you're always shocked. You know, just different transactions, different interactions that you just don't see coming that just gets you legitimately to go, wow. <laughs> Jesus, didn't see what? That's, you know, for every just like so-and-so was cut or whatever. You're like, okay, whatever. Right, Not right, that right, big a right. deal like Jimmy Garoppolo is restructured and is going back to the 49ers. I, I think that universally, football fans from Seattle to Miami up to New York, down back down to LA, or just like, is this serious? Like on text chains, like, do you see this? What the hell is going on? So we've got Russ to Denver, Tyreek to Miami. Mike McDaniel became a head coach. Who would have predicted that a year ago? Uh, these are all plot twists that if you wrote them into the script, you'd go, ah, the writers kind of. Writers got lazy. I, Brady unretired came back. It was sabbatical. The Brady retired and came back. It feels normal now. Yeah, Brady's a buck. If you're listening to the podcast, we will now take you off to the podcast part that hasn't aged out and that we did earlier today uh, where we get to some other stuff like Trey Sermon and uh, a couple of our picks for this week of college football. And uh, yeah, if you want to see the burned podcast that will never be a podcast, that's the first live show from Monday. This show is on YouTube called uh, August 29th Emergency. John, before we go any further, let's tell the people that we are sponsored in part by DraftKings Sportsbook, where right now you sign up 
on the DraftKings app. Use the code HAM. Use the code HAM. Bet $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. The wait's almost over. Football season's about to begin, and you got to get after it at DraftKings. Yep. Get up, guy. Want more action? Opening night. Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings. Early win promotion. Get up seven. You win. Bet on any NFL team of your choice. And if your team leads by seven points, this is a great promotion. Oh, my God. At any point during the game, you get paid instantly. Even if the team loses, they just have to have a lead by seven points. That is, that's hard to beat, guy. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code HAM to get $2,000, excuse me, to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's promo code HAM only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See, show notes for details. So last year we did a lock of the week, and uh, we are planning for the lock of the week to be back. I think we were betting about, was it 350 or 300 bucks a game, whatever it turned out to be. We got way up, and uh, we came all the way back down to even. We had, had $4,000 4, at one point in time. I thought we had more than that. Maybe it was like 45. Well, we started with 300, so people understand. At one yeah. point, we won like 15 in a row, including some parlays, which really yeah, we we we, can't, we hit like a 2G parlay. We, we hit a big parlay. Uh, so we thought, well, obviously, th- that'll be back uh, starting next week, the lock of the week. But we're going to make a couple of picks this week, starting on DraftKings uh, Sportsbook. College football games out there to bet right now. You can poke around. There's a ton of big games, obviously, this weekend. I mean, Notre Dame is a huge underdog against Ohio State, which has gotten a lot of attention. Their coach, uh, Marcus Freeman, has even said so. Uh, he just said that's going to be bulletin board material for my guys. Uh, Georgia, double-digit, 17-and-a-half point massive favorite. underdog. I think there might be a little bit of uh, a little a little bit of value in Oregon. but um, Dan Lanning, name is starting quarterback. He hasn't officially done it, but I fully expect it to be Bo Nix um, as his starting quarterback. But uh, we each made a couple. Yeah, I, play, I played golf the other day with this dude who was the neighbor of the offensive coordinator. His parents live in Arizona at Oregon. Just tell me all about him. He was just, just randomly. Like, well, we just we started talking. We talked football and coaching and. He's like, oh, yeah, my, my neighbor, his son, uh, just moved from Florida State up to Oregon. He, and he started saying he couldn't even find a house, but, you know, he's killing it. He's making seven figures. <laughs> Dan Lanning, baby. And it was – but who's who, – what's his offensive coordinator? Willett or something? You know who I'm talking about? Kenny uh, Dillingham. Florida State. Dillingham. Dillingham. Sorry, yeah. Uh, we both made a couple of picks. Yeah, I, I was really tempted to uh, take Arkansas uh, against Cincinnati. I, I just like the SEC early in these games. I think they overwhelm teams with physicality. Um, you know, Haberman was on Hawaii, and uh, Vanderbilt beat them, I think, like 63-6. to six. Ten. Uh, they were up 7 nothing halfway through the first quarter. Oh, I was feeling myself, John. I was feeling so good. I just think these SEC teams are have a huge advantage early on, unless you're playing. I, I mean, I think Utah and Oregon would be. I mean, these are high end. Both those teams have like top 15 in the country talent. But Cincinnati, I, I'm tempted, but I pivoted because the reigning MAC champions, the Central Michigan Chippewas, who Jim McElwain had more players drafted last year than the University of Texas. You and I have been Jim McElwain stands now for almost you know 15 years. This guy is a winner. 
And you know where he really thrives? At non-Power 5s. Colorado State crushed it. He went to the MAC, immediately crushed it. 21 points. Mike Gundy, last year, their team was awesome. Remember that play to end the uh, Big 12 championship? The dude got tackled right at the goal line. It was an incredible tackle by the dude from Baylor. Well, Reaching out, yeah. They lost a ton of great team last year. It was the, I mean, they beat Notre Dame. Mike Gundy called it the biggest win in program history, and that might have been their best Oklahoma State team in program history. Well, they lose their defensive coordinator because he goes to Ohio State. They lose a ton of players, including their star running back, who's now with the Carolina Panthers, and Rodrigo, who's just kicking everyone's ass for the Lions. <laughs> I, I just think Central Michigan, I'm not saying they're going to win this game. Oklahoma State, tough place to play. Three touchdowns feels like a lot for. I bet Central Michigan, when the dust settles, nine-win team. I mean, that's just a lot of points, guy. I like it. I love McElwain, betting on McElwain. And look, he won at Florida. Let's not forget, like, he didn't win at Florida, too, right? So Back-to-back SEC championship games. Yeah, come on. Uh, Spencer came with the shark. Spencer, that was not him. Spencer Sanders is back, so Oklahoma State does return its quarterback, which is a big deal. But um, I like that pick, John. Uh, My pick, I'm going, I'm not going to say chalk, but obviously one of the headline games. I'm going Utah minus – it's now minus three. I really liked it at two and a half against Florida. And I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that Florida scares them or even beats them. It wouldn't shock me if Florida won because Florida has what Kyle Whittingham called a Cam Newton-like guy when he did his press conference today. Uh, I watched his – it's like 11-minute highlight tape, and he is really athletic. He's fast. But the reason I'm betting with Utah here is because of their offense, even though I think they're pretty good on defense. Florida's – Number two leading tackler last year is now Utah's starting middle linebacker, Mohamed Diabate. So he's practiced against this quarterback, Anthony Richardson, before. What we're doing here is we're taking the number seven team in the nation on the road, given three points. That's it. The number seven team in the nation. Could they get beat? Yeah. But if they get beat, I won't feel like I didn't follow the right kind of regimen here on this pick. They got a veteran quarterback. They've got veterans all over the field. They've got two elite tight ends, a lot of their offensive line back, both of their really productive running backs back, Tavion Thomas and Makai Bernard. Thomas is the banger. He scored 21 touchdowns last year. Bernard is the guy that can catch it out of the backfield. They've Utah historically has played good in these big games where there's a lot of pressure and their opponent's really good too. Um, they were 14th in the nation last year, Utah, in points offensively. So for all that they're tough, they're physical, they were an offensive juggernaut. They scored 36 points per game last year. And that's why I'm betting on them. Even if Florida's quarterback is really good, even if Florida can score a lot of points, I think Utah can outscore them because I think Florida's defense has some questions. That's what I'm betting on. I actually, I think the, I think the over might actually be a good bet in this game too. I don't have the number in front of me. I think it was like 60, 59. It might have been under 60. So I think the over might be a good bet in this game too. But I'm taking Utah minus three. New head coach Billy Napier, good coach. Louisiana Lafayette, they could run the ball. Elijah Mitchell last year. So even if they could score, I think Utah's going to be able to outscore him in this game. And um, it's going to be hot. It's going to be really hot, humid. But uh, I'm going with Utah minus three. I like it. What do you think of it? You heard anything about Florida's guy? Yeah, I mean, I've just heard he, this guy is just the wild card in the country. Because you scouts leave that practice going, holy shit. But now, is he accurate in games? We'll find out. Uh, like you said, I mean, Utah, th- this guy's coaching his first game of his career. Now, the one thing when you get to some of these programs, it, this guy, even Florida, is down, quote-unquote, for their standards. He inherited a lot of NFL players. 
So, I mean, this is just going to be, I would imagine Florida roster wise has as good a talent as anyone Utah plays in the Pac 12 beside like Oregon, you know? Maybe SC this year. I mean, Florida, this yeah. is just the, t- the talent. Now, one reason I would like Oregon or Utah, they had one of the great seasons in program history, right? I mean, you could argue just in terms of getting to the Rose Bowl, their most important season. In, I, I think beating Alabama, but the, yeah. but they but they lost the game. Now, it was kind of weird circumstances that because of the cornerbacks. I kind of like a team that is going to be really good that – lost that game but it was like positive coming out but it's an easy one for wit like it's not like we're rose bowl champs and feeling ourselves I, then i would be a little it'd just be almost they were crowned but it's an easy one for the last eight months for him being like we we didn't get over the hump yeah 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 you know yeah and that and, and here's the other thing if you're him ohio state to, to, to me if you're a player at utah like there's not that much difference of ohio state and florida in the way they're looked at like you're going to the heart of sec country this is a historic game for the program, right? Yeah. It, it really is. You don't get to play these games. They've played a lot of big games. They've played some of them on the road. But they've played a mo- mostly neutral. Sugar Bowl was neutral. A lot of them are bowl games. Right. This is a true road game in Gainesville. It's going to be hot. It's going to be humid. I don't know. It'll probably rain because it rains all the time in Florida. Um, they've been turning the heat up in the indoor practice facility and wetting the field down to try and simulate humidity. But you just anyone who's been in the South knows you cannot simulate that level of humidity. Remember the Herbert game against Bo Nix at Auburn, where it was like that was a huge moment for the conference and its best program. I, I think that's kind of this. Now, Auburn was they probably lost. viewed. I, I know, but oh, how yeah. big that game was. It's right, right. like it is a big moment for the program. The difference is, to me, Whittingham's better than Mario. Uh, this team is more equipped to like, it, that game was going to be hard no matter what. If you told me Utah wins this game, you know, by 15 points, that's believable. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. All right. Those are our picks. Those are our Mario, picks. Mario was that coach, right? That Mario was game. that coach. Yeah. yeah. And they struggled to close that game out. And we saw it happen again and again and again. Oregon struggled to end games, to close out games. Yeah. This quarterback's pretty good. Anthony Richardson or Cam Rising? Uh, the Rising, the Utah yeah. quarterback. Yeah. He is. Woo! Is that game a 12? No, that game's afternoon. I think the four thir- the twelve thirty game is Oregon-Georgia. And then this game's a little later. Oregon-Georgia line. Basically, all the, sw- the sweet games do involve the SEC, and then you have uh, Ohio State. Notre yeah, Dame. I mean, obviously, it's Oregon and Utah are playing a role in it, too. So the Pac-12, I mean, th- those are two of the better games just in terms of the brands, right? Utah-Florida, Oregon. Uh, Oregon, Georgia. The, the Oregon, Georgia one scares me a little bit because Georgia is fucking good. I mean, we've seen it before. Like they're at the point now to me, like Alabama. If you look up and they beat them thirty to three or something, I, I think it's believable. I, that w- thirty to three would surprise me. I mean, thirty four to ten would not shock me. Thirty to three would surprise me a little bit. Um, the guys co- defending mean, champs basically at home. Somebody I heard someone make the good point the other day. They're like, "Yeah, it's a not coach, a home game with a Georgia? coach that kind of came out of nowhere too." You know, like Napier to me has been in the mix. He's been, he's a, been head a head coach. coach. <laughs> yeah, this guy. We'll... Uh, but this is there. Georgia has more fans that live in Atlanta than that live in Athens. You know, this game's oh. in Atlanta, of course. Atlanta's much bigger than Athens. Um, so. I also think. I also think too. That if you're if you're a diehard Georgia fan, which there are a lot of them. You're thinking right now, we about to go on a run. Yeah. 
Like we about to win two of the next three or something, right? right. You know, so we're here to kick everyone's ass every single week. Not that we intended to do like college seven seventeen points is a pretty big thing and a half. Uh, Not that we we're not going to do college football previews right now, but a couple other Thursday games. Penn State Purdue is on Thursday on Fox. That's a good game. West Virginia Pitt. I cannot wait for this game, John. West Virginia Pitt. Keaton Slovis, JT Daniels playing each other. How great is that game? That's a four o'clock Pacific game um, on ESPN. Oh, no, that's four o'clock. Is that Eastern? Are these times Eastern? I never know with the ESPN.com. Oh, it's Pacific. I think their times automatically kick in wherever you're sitting. Okay. So anyway, that's uh, that's that. And um, I mean, there's other games, but those are there's some good some good Thursday games. Buh, buh, buh. Yeah. Oh, the Central Michigan Ohio Oklahoma State game is a Thursday game too. Not Did bad. you mention that? Sorry. Yeah, come on back. All right. Uh, how about this? Somebody in the chat says, Carlos says, Peter King thinks Trey Sermon is the Niners' number two running back. Yes. Here's what Peter King wrote in uh, the MM. QB, nah. is that him? <laughs> no, he got, I think he football, FMI. Football in America. FM, FMIA. FML. He says, the Niners will enter the season wanting to bring Trey Lance along slowly, so Kyle will game plan to protect him. That could mean 55% runs, especially early. I'd forecast Elijah Mitchell being the stalwart here with Trey Sermon, an active number two. Both will get major chances, and if Mitchell gets hot early and stays healthy, he'll be a 1,000-yard back in the offense this year. So Trey Sermon, you and I have been talking about Trey Sermon. A lot of people have as if he's about to get cut, and here Peter King says not only is he not about to get cut, he's the number two running back? Yeah, listen, Peter's one of the OGs in the biz. You know, he puts the, he puts the J in big J's, and obviously he's close with this organization, right? He's him and Jed are buddies. He wrote about their first draft. He knows all these guys well. I'm not saying he's getting played here, but this feels kind of crazy to me because it not only felt like Trey Sermon is probably going to get cut, he's not even close to being a top four running back on this team. It went obviously Elijah Mitchell went healthy. But to me, Wilson would be the number two, and Hasty has been dramatically better. So if you, you know, there's no lock that early on Ty Davis Price starts. I could see them easing him in. That Hasty is not only going to make the team, but is going to play. He's at minimum I, their third down guy, right? Because he can catch passes yes. and he's trusted to block. But he also like runs hard. Like I, I think he's just a pretty good player. I was texting with a buddy the other day about Sermon. And then I was like, yeah, I think Hasty's better. And he's like, yeah, I've always kind of liked Hasty. You know, it's one of those. You're like, ah, is he did he mean you know, Buck Mason or did he mean Hasty? <laughs> you, never, you don't want to get fooled. Uh, so I, yeah, I, I would be stunned. That that would be the most stunning revelation for uh, the people like living in it, I think. Like, wait, this guy went from like on the bubble, clearly just by his reps and the way he looked and to now being the number two running back. So I think what you just described is, is a Jeff Wilson's very a better common- player. Yeah, but I don't think – do the Niners play this game? Did the Niners do the, hey, for 24 hours? I mean, the Jimmy thing has played out the way it's played out. I think Peter King, if we're, like, trying to guess information here, you know, they say don't pocket watch. Don't watch another man's pocket. Don't guess another man's source or that source's motivation. But I think Peter King is more likely to get information that is just direct from the Niners that says, yeah, we like Trey Sermon, than he is to be used to – who would the Niners think they're tricking if if they were playing this game to try and trick somebody into trading for Trey Sermon? But don't I you think, think, I think the it's number crazy. two running back? <laughs> I think it's crazy. But I also think this 
might be what the Niners now maybe he's the number three back, whatever. I two running back gets a lot of carries in this offense. I think it's insane, but I also just watching their history think they tend to just tell Peter King what they're thinking as opposed to having a misdirection. I agree. I, it's it's very bizarre. Because if I, you're I about to cut him, you don't want this report out there that you like him. Yeah, I, I I don't really know what to make of it. Was when you showed me stunned, still stunned. I told you I think they're using Peter King, but like you said, that's not really their mo. Uh, very bizarre because I think by, by I I don't judge teams on what they say. I judge teams on their actions, and on their actions, this guy was whole, trying to make the team by the way he repped with and who he played with. I know, but he was like their number one running back in the preseason. Now we took that to mean you bet. We took that to mean you better prove it or lose it, right? Yeah, but Elijah Mitchell was hurt, so he right. he, he wouldn't have played. Right? Jeff Wilson already has a spot. Uh, you could argue Hasty has to play in some of the games, and Ty Davis Price. When you're drafted that high, you're a lock to make the team, right? Like right. you're not going to cut a no third round rookie. So it just who else are you going to play? Like uh, Mason to start, like it's understandable why Trey Sermon start. To me, I don't. Where you play in a preseason game, I don't put that much stock in. When you factor in, like why were the other guys were? Because so, Mitchell and Price are locks. Yeah, look, I, you, again, Jeff Wilson has been injured before, so you don't leave him. Now, I, I guess in this world, in Peter King's world of what he's being told, could Jeff Wilson get cut for Trey Sermon? That I people think would be just, like, that's nuts. I think your description the way you broke down the value of everybody makes a lot of sense. I also don't think that there's anything that means nothing. So I thought what all the Trey Sermon's reps meant were, A, what you said, Elijah Mitchell wouldn't. I don't even know that you'd play Elijah Mitchell in the preseason, if even if you were healthy. But I took it as, okay, Trey, go prove that you, Sermon, go prove that you belong to be here. But maybe it was more, we believe in you, and let's try and get you going here before the season begins, which I didn't consider until I read that Peter King nugget. He's I not, think that would be the most shock if 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 we're if we're doing this twenty four hours from today, and he's for one, I'll be a little stunned if he makes the team still. Now nah, I'm not putting that much. And, and two, if if the Chicago game comes and he's getting seven eight carries, that, that's a crazy re- revelation overnight <laughs> to to us on the outside. Yeah, I know, I know. That would be a mis- that would be a mistake in eval- a, a a difference in evaluation by us and by the Niners. Because we went to enough practice, it's not like well, you know, he would have he was crushing practice today. I'd say Hasty was better every single day I saw him. And I would, if I was in their position, I would keep Hasty over him, and I would definitely keep Wilson over him. So unless you're keeping five running backs, and somehow he just jumps them all in line, which would be pretty nuts, right? Yeah. Could they if get, he's getting more carries than Wilson, I think that's kind of nuts. Like that feels like they're forcing. They seem resistant to all. They they've seemed resistant to make Jeff Wilson their number two running back over time. Yeah, but but I'm well. But they've had like I saw the other day. Most uh, Raheem had a pretty sweet run. Like they've had good players. I mean, yeah, Elijah Mitchell true. was a really good player last year. I don't blame them for playing Trey Sermon early on or trying to because he was a high pick and it just turns out he just wasn't that good. And maybe he's better than even I think, but relative to their group, it feels like he's the worst of the guys that we talk about making the team from what I've seen. I agree. Maybe they factor in. I don't know what else they could factor in. Like running back is a pretty black and white position, right? It's like, well, how does he look when he runs the ball? It's not like, well, in the meeting room, like, no, it's just, it's kind of like, how does he carry the rock? 
right? <laughs> it's like, does he hit the fucking hole? No one's like, you know, he maybe Anthony. What if I told, what if I told you Anthony Lynn thinks there's something there and wants to work with him? Well, then he would have some juice. What if it were that Anthony Lynn going? I can make. I'm telling you, Kyle, we can do something here. And maybe I'd give him the benefit of the doubt. He's worked yeah. with a lot of good running backs over the years. Uh, this this piece of uh, news uh, made the internet. Bill Belichick having a press conference, um, and uh, Chris Berman just walked right by. Everyone's sitting. Berman just walks on by. All the other media is established. Uh, they're there on time. Boomer walks by. Somebody replied to the tweet and said, uh, shave it or save it with a picture of Berman's head from the back. <laughs> I say save it, John. That's a save for me. That's pretty funny, man. <laughs> Bill is just... You know what, Bill? Bill just feels like he's in a pretty good place for not actually probably being in a good place with his team. Just life's... You know, he's so rich now. He's making the playoffs last year, kind of proved he's not some village idiot without Tom. I made the playoffs with a rookie quarterback. Doesn't feel like Bill is that stressed out. Now, maybe if you're around him every day, it's worse, but... That was a pretty good Bill interaction. Yeah, he's just 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 working long enough. He's like LeBron, uh, LeBron just hanging around long enough to play with Bronny. Bill's just working long enough to pass the team off to to his. You kid. see, when Chet got hurt, it was like him cutting off LeBron. No, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't see that video. He Boomer, who am Boomer, who by the way, we all time we just Boomer holds a special place in our hearts. We were standing next to him during the pick at the stick. Yeah. Back, 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 back. He was very nice. <laughs> back, back, back. He was very, he was very cool. Uh, NFL top 100 was revealed. <laughs> you, you retweeted this top 10 players in the top 100 for people that don't see it. Tom Brady, Aaron Donald, Aaron Rodgers, Cooper Cup, Jonathan Taylor, TJ Watt, Devontae Adams. Think to yourself, are there any names the guy hasn't said yet? Patrick Mahomes at eight. Jalen Ramsey at nine and Travis Kelsey at 10. And you retweeted one of the classic, like spitting up water gifts. And I was like, Oh, what is, I gave it a peek and I look, I had to look at it twice. I'm like, what is John? Oh my God. Well, Patrick Mahomes is eight. I even think just start with the guy won back to back MVPs. And I think we all acknowledge bad loss against the Niners was the best player in football for like two years running. How is Aaron Rodgers not number one after what we just witnessed? Like we all watched him play all these games. He was sweet. Now, if you want to put Tom, I'm not going to nitpick Tom you there. wins championships. Is that, I mean, I do think what you said to start that comment about Aaron probably hurts him a little in this. Okay. The like TJ Watt, like Jalen Ramsey, and even like Jonathan Taylor. But what are we doing? What? <laughs> In what draft is Cooper Cup and Jonathan Taylor and TJ Watt going ahead of Patrick Mahomes? Where is uh, the dude from Buffalo? I mean, do we just witness? No, rather have Jalen Ramsey, John, who's a great The top 100, like to me, I saw Jalen fuck up a lot. And I like Jalen Ramsey. I mean, he should be the top corner, but it feels like he's a little high there. Honestly, the one guy who's kind of probably flying, like Travis Kelsey every single year is like, 112 kicking everyone's ass. Like he probably has the most arguments. Like I've seen him, him and Aaron Donald. Like, okay, you want to throw them up there? Jonathan Taylor. What are we acting like? He's Barry Sanders. Now. What are, what are we doing? Jonathan Taylor, Jonathan Taylor, fifth overall, Jonathan Taylor. If the media had voted this poll, you'd hear players saying, 
why do those people get a right to vote? But this is a player poll. If the media had done this, we would be like, oh, all these probably a bunch of analytics guys overthinking it, trying to look smart, not putting Mahomes in the top three. But these are the players. The players did this. Well, I saw Trent was 14th. He's the highest offensive lineman in like the history of this poll. And which makes sense because so many quarterbacks, running backs, receivers, and probably even pass rushers are just going to take up the top 20 picks year in, year out. Would if they were both available, would any team in the league take Jonathan Taylor over Trent Williams? I mean, Jonathan Taylor being that high is, I'm a little bothered by like how can Aaron Rodgers at three? That that seems kind of. Would you put him ahead of Tom or ahead of Aaron? I I would. Yeah, he would have been one because this list is always based on the previous year. Yeah. I know. I again. I think Aaron. I think the 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 problems winning championships hurts him here a little bit. I don't. But I don't think Tom's been number one for a while. No. I no. I don't think he has either. So he he went number one based on last year. Is a little weird. Look, man. I I think Mahomes is criminally low. Guys always do the. I've got motivation. I don't know if you saw Aaron's latest motivation. Some teacher at Cal told me wouldn't amount to anything, and he said, watch me or something, which I'd like some more detail on that story. Like what teachers are just saying this to kids, but whatever. Uh, Maybe they meant like as a poli sci major, you want to amount to nothing. I could see Aaron pushing back on some project and the guy like, you know, I got football practice. He's like, I'm going to go to the NFL. He's like, you need to focus on your academics, academic institution. It being more academically driven than like the guy questioning his football ability. I watched the last three weeks, you guys. <laughs> the other thing yeah, is, I hate the way you throw the deep out route, Aaron. If you're doing this, and Aaron's like, "This is fucking poli sci." What are you talking about? Kevin Clark just wrote a big uh, Lafleur piece, and one of the th- quotes in it early is Aaron says, "Like all he does is troll Lafleur day in and day out." We know That's he got under around. just about everything. We know he got under McCarthy's skin. We know he just likes getting under people's skin. Who know? God only knows. Maybe they were debating. Maybe Aaron said the world's flat. I can only imagine some of the things that Aaron said to a professor at Cal to try and get under this. In like oh five, yeah, just some <laughs> Aaron takes from then, yeah. ayahuasca, whatever. So, but but I think on Mahomes, my point is, I, I know that everybody always finds all kind of motivations. It feels like this is as this off season has been for whatever it means for Patrick as disrespected as Patrick Mahomes has been. And I know Patrick gets nine for every one disrespect. He gets nine pieces of respect. So he gets more respect than disrespect, but it feels like this is a big kind of, I know you said a few weeks ago, you think people in Kansas city think they're going to be really good. The chiefs can never play the no one believed in us card, but I do think this is about as much as they could possibly play it that they just are, they are not getting enough respect. I saw a headline, Maybe I was flipping the channels or internet. Like, can the Chiefs win the AFC West for the seventh straight year? <laughs> Against all odds. I, you know, I would imagine non-Patriot, there can't be too many teams that have won a division for six straight years, let alone seven. Like, that's a long time to just win your division. Seven straight years of winning your division. If they do pull that off, like, that's doesn't happen very often. Uh, harrowing wisdom on the stream says he said it was food appreciation class. Did he say it on? Did you listen to the Joe Rogan interview? I didn't listen. Uh, to no, it. Oh, I don't have. I think you got to be a Spotify guy, right? Oh, you can't just YouTube it. 
No, spot the video comes from Spotify. Oh. And you that's have to be part, a, that's part to be of the reason when part of the reason, like when Collar Daddy, Rogan, and those guys do the buyout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta pay so much because Rogan's no longer on YouTube or whatever. It's all Spotify video. Now the video gets ripped and thrown to YouTube and thrown to Twitter, but Spotify oh, owns the But do I can I do I have to subscribe to Spotify or can you know Spotify has unpaid? That's a good question. I don't know. Unfortunately, we don't have the link, but someone says the link to Roger's telling the story about the teacher. Firm 10. Thanks for the five bucks. You don't need to be a premium subscriber. Very well, then. Uh, I would imagine he recorded that in the summer, right? You would think. But, I mean, I also think it tends to be pretty kind of trending topic, topic-based stuff. So, like, a lot's happened. Is that why True. Well, but I thought my guess is, and I'm not a Rogan listener, is that they recorded it sometime in the off season, just about big picture shit, talking life. And like, it's not random that they put it out right before football season, right? <laughs> now you're right. Maybe he could have flown down, had a couple of days off, Austin to Green Bay, private jet. I mean, shit, Rogan, I mean, who knows? Maybe send him a jet to do it. I'd imagine they got a lot of listens. Yeah, but I don't even know if Rogan's is obsessed with the downloads anymore that he got bought out, right? Someone paid us fucking $15 million. You're not as worried about downloads. <laughs> does Rogan even give a shit? They gave him $200 million. Someone said this was last week or this week. All right, on that note, thanks for hanging with us, everybody. We appreciate it. May see you in a couple hours. Here we go. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.